the corner. Hyman without a stick. Raider starts on the pass of one. Block. Leeds get it again. Matthews to center. And Emirati Created by diehard Leeds fans for diehard Leeds fans. This is the Holy Mackinac Podcast with Clayton Terrio, Danny Horton, and Brett Wills. Welcome, everybody, to the Holy Mackinac Podcast. I'm here once again with Bretsky and GM Houghton. It's been a long time since we've done this. Uh, we've all been pretty busy, so we didn't really have time to record until tonight. But, man, it's been a whirlwind since we last recorded. Um it was after the 7-1 and 4-1 losses where I believe the entirety of Leafs Nation thought that the sky was falling. But, you know, they've turned it around a little bit, and it's it's good to see. It's They've been really entertaining lately. So we'll, we'll start with, with Chicago, which was, I, I feel like it, as much as Chicago was a bad team, it was definitely good to get the monkey off the back. But... Brett, we'll start with you for this one. Um, what did you think about the effort against Chicago? You know, it, it's really hard to say when, when you're playing a team like Chicago that's struggling the way they are. I mean, they've got a good, they've got some good players on paper, but um, they don't really have any goaltending, and um, they're in a rebuilding uh, process, just like we've been since 1967. So, I mean, that that's the thing. Like, was it a good effort? Maybe. Was it, Could they have played better? Probably. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I joke that when you're playing a team like Chicago is playing now, you're playing like a peewee team. But to, to say that, the Leafs the first two weeks of the season we're playing like a peewee team. So maybe that's just not a fair assumption. That's fair. And I think, I think it's when you're struggling though, it's, it's it, it wins win kind of thing, but yeah, it's not really the best test of the, you know, the audacity or the, the ability to play through basically a shit show. But Danny, what did you think about the Chicago game? So it, it, you know, it's it's been a while, right? You you mentioned it off the top, and trying to go back to that game against Chicago. Obviously, we we were not happy with the team. Um, anyone who watched the previous podcast would see that. Um, things are a little bit different today, <laughs> and we'll we'll kind of work our way up to to where we are now. But um, so in hindsight, looking back to the Chicago game, um, I remember my thoughts at the time. I was worried. I was very concerned because they had, what, the three losses in a row uh, consecutively to – actually, was it four loss? It was four losses in a row. The Rangers, the, the one that they should have won against the Rangers, and then they lost against San Jose. They you know, probably should have won against San Jose, and then they got embarrassed by Pitt and then beat by Carolina, which is a good team. They played a little bit better in the Carolina game, and then we went to – then we go to Chicago. Chicago was right for the picking. They're a team that – didn't have a win they actually just they, they have one win now they got one like two games ago but the Leafs were not playing the greatest in that game their defense was still very suspect there was a lot of turnovers they go down two nothing 
Um, in the first period again, you go, oh, no, here we go again. This this is almost like Pittsburgh all over again. No Patrick Kane in the lineup. No uh, Marc-Andre Fleury in the net for Chicago. You're going, holy shit, boys. Like, the season's going to get away from us pretty quickly here. And then Matthews, you know, Matthews yelling at the bench. He's frustrated with Justin Hall. Little did we know that would be one of Justin Hall's last games. But um, Matthews yelling at the bench. You love that. And they go into the locker room and, you know, the boys have talked about it. It's come out now. Uh, Wayne Simmons was one of the guys that stepped up in the locker room and, you know, kind of gave the boys a, a good talking to. And uh, you need to hear that from the players. And they responded. I, I trying to think back to it. I remember they started to find a little bit of mojo in the second period um, with their offensive game in terms of their offense. And then uh, Jack Campbell was keeping them in the game. He was making some good saves. And then, uh, in the third period, they started to come to life a little bit. They started to find a little bit of offensive mojo going. They're getting a little bit of confidence. Uh, they tie the game up. They go to overtime. And Willie, beautiful goal on that breakaway. Uh, they needed that win desperately. And I I just expect more from this group. I expect more from this team than to struggle like that. They look like a team that was defeated. Um and I, I thought we were going in a totally wrong direction. It looked like the coach was going to be fired or maybe it was just the panic in Leafs nation after uh, what happened in the playoffs. But um, yeah, much, much different mood today, but looking back at the Chicago game, a win's a win. I guess that's how I would sum that up. I, I think so too. And like I said, when you're struggling that bad, you, you take what you can get. I mean, who cares if it's a shootout five, nothing, one, nothing. I don't care what it is. It, it was, a, a relief. I, I sullied pretty hard when Nylander scored just out of relief more than anything. Like, man. And then, so the game after that was Detroit, which we won 5-4, luckily. I mean, we were a little shaky defensively. You know, Mrazek didn't have the greatest game, but we, again, a win's a win. It was 5-4. And Danny, we'll go to you first for this one because you actually were at that game. What did you think about the overall effort against the Red Wings? So against the wings, I noticed this is where I noticed our offense really came back to life. I thought offensively we were clicking. We were a little bit better defensively, but there were times where it just got away from us. They stopped paying attention to detail and they allowed Detroit back into the game. Right. And Sheldon said as much in his in his postgame pressers. But all in all, it was a better effort. But you could see their offense was coming back to life. Marner and JT and Kerfoot in that game were fantastic. That was the start of their little run here. And they've been nothing short of fantastic for the Maple Leafs. And they've, they've kick-started this little, this little streak that they're on. And, um, yeah, all in all, the game against Detroit, again, you get another win. You kind of hang on there. It wasn't the type of defense that, you know, is going to win you championships by any stretch of the imagination. But a win's a win. Now you get two wins in a row. You're starting to build a little confidence. They're moving the puck around better offensively. Some of their stars are getting points. We're going in the right direction. So Definitely. Was, it's, yeah. Sorry. What? Do you have anything to add there? No, no. I was just saying that those, those are my thoughts in the Detroit game. Another, another win. We'll call it another win. Maybe not fully deserved, but a win's a win. Now we got two wins in a row. Yeah. And then over to you, Brett. What, what do you, what were your thoughts on that game? You know, I, and it's going to be a reoccurring theme. I mean, it's been a reoccurring theme since I was a kid. Uh, tough, uh, 
you go through through stretches of like tough times and when you turn it around you got to start somewhere and i mean we we just talked about it they they started and uh to turn around with chicago and i mean chicago's the worst team in the league as far as i'm concerned and then uh they 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 played a, a young upstart detroit red wings team and they didn't play great but they didn't play bad either i mean the way i look at it is two points is two points is two points so i mean did uh is there a, was there a panic button hit during that time yeah maybe uh did was there a full 60 minutes played during that during that period game absolutely not but i mean how many games can you count in an 82 game schedule that's a full 60 minutes of effort i think if you can get maybe 20 percent, you're laughing because it's not really reasonable to, to suggest that 82 games 100 percent effort every single night fair i mean that's that's definitely that definitely fair and i think I think it's hard, definitely, to do that for a whole season. And, 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 and I want to I suggest that, like, I'm not trying to make every anybody out to be a scapegoat. And I'm not trying to suggest that we should coddle these guys. I, you, you guys know, like, I have I was pretty pissed off the last time we, we recorded. But um, they, it, they've turned it around a little bit right now. And so I'm trying to take the positives on uh, the night we're recording, which is the early part of November, and uh, see if they can run with it for a little bit. I, I don't expect them to, to keep playing the way they're playing right now, but, I mean, if uh, if you can play, like, between 600 and 700 hockey for the remainder of the year, I'm happy as heck. Yeah, fair enough. And then, so... After that, we had Vegas, which depleted lineup for Vegas, yes, but the defense was just stellar. Like I had said that night, and I, I just, I now look back on it, and I think I was wrong. I said Jack Campbell was a difference maker, but he really didn't have to be. I mean, the perimeter shots were basically all Vegas was getting. They got maybe two or three good scoring chances out of the whole 60 minutes. But I mean, without Stone and Patretti in the lineup, I, I was pretty and talk at the time before the Eichel trade, I was pretty happy with the effort, even though it was a depleted team, it, it was finally going in the right direction. And I, I feel like that was a total 60 minute game. It was phenomenal to watch. And uh, Danny, what were your thoughts on the golden Knights game? Yeah, that, that game, that game was really good. They, they came out right out of the gate. They were skating hard. They were all over it. They're heavy on the four check. They wanted to win that night. They were playing that night with confidence, right? They'd build up their confidence offensively. We talked about that in both the Chicago and Detroit game. And you could tell they were feeling it. They're starting to build some chemistry. They're feeling it. And then their confidence offensively fed the confidence on the D, the D zone. Forwards were coming back. Their attention to detail was pretty spot on. I thought they played. And to Brett made a good point. You're never very, very few games, especially in a long 82 game, uh, 82 game regular season. Are you going to have complete 60 minute efforts? I honestly thought they played, I'd say 55 minutes of quality hockey in that game. They had little lapses and, you know, I'm sure every team, even Tampa has lapses in, in their games, even though they're back-to-back -back Stanley cup champions, but it's weathering those storms. And I really liked our game, but, 
again, I, I just wanted to keep it in perspective. I remember thinking to myself, this is a depleted Vegas Golden Knights team, right? Like they have no stone. They have no Pacioretty. Alex Tuck, before he was traded, is out, out of the lineup that night. William Carlson's out of the lineup that night. They were pretty heavily depleted. All in all, though, I was thrilled with the effort. That, that was more the Maple Leafs team that I expect on a night-to-night basis. Like, and I, I'm trying not to. i got to remind myself at times as a, as a Leaf fan. I don't, because I'm such a diehard, it, it kind of affects my mood from day to day. I don't want to get too high, and i got to remind myself, don't get too low with the team. It's, all, it's almost like a player's mentality in, in a certain respect, right, playing in this market, because it's very easy to get very high with this team when they're playing well. And it's very easy to get very low, right? So I, I think it's a good reminder for, for all of us, myself included, especially. It reminds me, just kind of stay a little level-headed. The regular season's the regular season. We all know this team's going to be judged on one thing and one thing only. And their playoff performance is that, right? This team should be good enough, barring any you know major injuries or anything like that, knock on wood. Um, they should be a playoff hockey team. No question about that. They've got the talent. Just got to get through the injuries and deal with that through the regular season and keep racking up wins. This team will be judged on that, but games like against Vegas and then the next two games that we'll talk about are what we expect. I think as Lee fan on a night to night basis, regardless of, because if you put forth that effort, you're going to win your share of games. Hell a lot more than you're going to lose. I love the attention to detail. They started to gel. That Golden Knights game was the start of something that um, hopefully they can carry over and maybe they formulate a little bit of an identity as a team. Absolutely. And like you said, very depleted. But it's after the, the, those stretches of, of, la- of several lapses in judgment, it was, it was finally starting to roll with that third in row. Brett, what, what do you remember about the Golden Knights game? You, you know, I'm just, I'm reminded that good teams find a way to win against good teams, no matter what. And again, Danny pointed it out. Vegas had a bunch of guys that, that are, make their team better uh, out for various reasons. And, and that's fine, but it's still, they were still playing an NHL hockey team. And, and they managed to get a shadow. Like, I mean, the... We're so conditioned as Maple Leafs fans that uh, we expect the greatest out of them, and that's fine. Like I, I don't I, that mentality, in my opinion, is fine. Um, when, when, but when we're down on them, we're really down on them, and when we're high on them, we're really, really high on them. Um, they, they beat an NHL team, and um, so far they're like that's what that was what number three. Yeah, that was three in a row. Um, so, so, I mean, like, um, I, I really don't have any complaints about it, uh, except for the fact that, like Danny said, they, they were playing a, a team that had a depleted lineup. Who cares? It, again, it, you're going to hate me saying this because I'm generalizing. It, it's it's two more points. It's very true. I mean, it, it is. And, and then, so after that, I thought, now... I thought this was the the most exciting game in terms of parody all year. And that was Tampa Bay two uh, one overtime win. both goalies were absolutely phenomenal. 
I mean, the Leafs did come out very lazy, but Jack bailed them out late in the third and early on in the first. He was just keeping them in there, and he he really looked like a true number one in this game. I mean, matching against the two-time Stanley Cup champions with the best goalie in the world as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the his stats in the last year's Vasilevsky were – I think he's won two less games than Ken Dryden did in his first – two years as a designated number one. And he is just, again, I know it's the least podcast, but Vasilevsky, you love to hate him. I mean, he always shows up against the Leafs and it, it really shows that he really is the best goalie in the world. But Jack, he, he stayed toe to toe with him. And it was, it was great to see Brett. We'll go to you first for this one. What did you think about that game against Tampa? Well, and I think you have to give Tampa a lot of credit from the top. Uh, their management all the way down like they really know how to build a franchise um and and it goes beyond the tampa bay lightning it, it goes de- out to like the syracuse syracuse crunch uh how they built in syracuse how john cooper came through 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 syracuse and uh how P- patrice Bre- breezebra uh built here in uh after uh, eiserman left like the the, it, they're back-to-back Stanley Cup champions for a reason, and I, I was just I was extremely proud of the the effort, even though it, it was overtime. Like to go toe to toe with a back-to-back Stanley Cup champions this early in the season, especially when you're when you're struggling the way you are, um, it, it just it shows that even though the Leafs are they're struggling, let, let's not sugarcoat shit. Um, it, it shows that they've got a lot of character. It definitely does, and I I just thought that that matchup was just like you 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 were on the edge of your seat all game, Danny. I could imagine could imagine you were pretty proud of this effort. What did you think about the game Thursday night? Yeah, so when when they started the game, I thought they started a little tentative. You could either call it tentative, or you could call, call it a little bit sluggish. And I thought Tampa was dictating the pace of play right off the bat in that hockey game. Um, they were showing who they were. I think. I think both teams would be lying if they didn't say it was a measuring stick game early on in the season. Both teams were ready to play. Um, Leafs were a little bit tentative, though. Um, you know, t- t- Tampa played very well. You mentioned it, Clay. Andre Vasilevsky was fantastic. And at the other end, man, oh, man, Jack Campbell answered the bell. He, man, I'm so, I'm so impressed with Jack Campbell. Um, I'm so glad that I've been wrong so far on Jack Campbell. And my, yeah. my thought on him being a starting goaltender. I'm I'm so happy that I'm wrong because... Can you record that? Oh, no, we, are reco- we, oh we are recording. No, no, but I, I'm so happy that I, I, I've been wrong so far. And I hope I'm, I continue to be wrong on that because you can't help but love the guy. I love cheering for the guy. Um, he's the most loved guy probably on the team. It's so easy to love and cheer for the guy. But the way he's playing now, like his movement in the net, I, I watched him. I, I was judging him early on in the season. I wanted to see how he was going to come out. So I was really, really watching his play. His his um, his mobility in the net has improved. He looks better. He's worked on his technique in the offseason. He looks way more efficient in the crease. His side-to-side movement is so much more controlled. He's in better position. I'm so impressed with Jack Campbell. And some of those athletic saves, like, the, the, the Leafs were pushing on. They're obviously trying to score in the third period. They needed to make a push. 
It was one nothing Tampa Bay. They're having a hard time beating Vasilevsky. He's making 10 bellers. He's making great saves. They can't get one in. So obviously third period, you're going to have to make a push. You're going to have to start taking some chances. And they did. And, you know, there was two breakaways. I remember one of them was Steve Stamkos. Um, I want to say the other one was Braden Point. And Campbell answered the answered the bell there and uh, stood on his head for us. There was like five or six really high quality chances that he that he saved in front of the net there. And he gave the boys a chance. And I remember thinking after he made those six saves, I yelled out in the room, you got to win it for soupy boys. Like the guy is giving you a chance here. He's he's fighting. He's working his ass off in the crease. And um, sure enough, that was beautiful. And Hedman couldn't clear the zone. Comes down to Tavares. Tavares throws it over in the corner to Marner. Marner right on JT's stick as he's going to the net. It's in. The crowd's alive. You can see the boys are feeling it. JT gestures to the crowd. And then in overtime, we're fortunate to get that power play. And what a shot by Willie Stiles. That was a fucking great shot by Willie. Great character win, Brett. You touched on that. That's a character win. That's when you start building a little bit of momentum. Now we could play with the best. We could fight back. We're never out of a game. And I, I loved it. I love it. The defense is looking better. The forwards are coming back, helping the defense. We're getting timely saves from the goaltender. And when we need to score, we're able to score. I, that was a great hockey game. Absolutely. And I, I just, like, unbelievable effort. It was just, like, the whole game. Like, the parity amongst the two teams was just – I, I think it was the most entertaining in terms of, again, parody on the year. And I just put up Jack Campbell's stats here to those listening on Spotify. I'll just say, so he's played the 10 games, started nine. He had to come in relief when Razzik got hurt, but six, two and one, I mean, 1.88 GAA and a 936 save percentage with a shutout. Absolutely phenomenal. And 544 minutes, which I believe is now it's third among starters. I think Freddie, the the form relief there freddie anderson has passed him um he's started i think 10 games now but just to keep up with the stat like 960 save percentage against the tampa bay lightning is just there's not much more you can say and then i'm going to talk about Tavares a little bit here because like you said he's turned it on and if you look at his last five games he's got nine points in five games like that's just this is where they need to be and i really think that you know he's really showing that he is our captain and he can bring us out of the the shithole that we were in basically play on that subject matter can i just chime in for a sec yep so J- jt has played fantastic i'd say what the last two or three games specifically and i'm including we'll, we're going to get to it but i'm including uh, the boston win last night but the last three games specifically he has been absolutely fantastic. He has looked like a rejuvenated player and, and our captain. And the reason why I, I wanted to interject there is because what is the coincidence of who's now playing on his line, right? When he starts to feel it and he's starting to get a little bit of the results. Cause uh, I, I was watching the game with play last night, the Boston game at his house. And um, we, you know, we, we had a good time watching that game. It was a hell of a hockey game, but um, I was telling him about a conversation I had with a, with a diehard Austin Matthews fan. And who isn't a diehard Austin Matthews fan? I have like five of his jerseys. Austin's my favorite player on the team. But I always say, Mitch doesn't get the credit he deserves, right? Whoever Mitch plays with, 
they score the goals. They score quite a few goals and their point totals go way up. Austin is extremely talented. Austin's going to score goals regardless because he's an amazing hockey player. And by no means am I saying that Mitch Marner uh, makes Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Mitch Marner helps make, helps take him to another level because Mitch creates and Austin is one of, if not the best finisher in the league. And, you know, Austin's getting some goals now. It's nice where, you know, we're getting a few power play goals and he's going to the net. He's driving hard, but they're not coming as easy as when he plays with Mitch, especially five on five. They're not coming as easy. And coincidentally, John's production is going way up. Uh, I, I just I just wanted to throw that out there because there's a lot of Mitch Marner haters. And I I always stand I always stand up for Mitch Marner because I know he's an elite talent. I know it can be frustrating at times. Um, when he's not feeling it, but this is what we get with Mitch Marner. He is one of the most elite playmakers in the game today, and he makes guys better. And that that's why, you know, in, in hindsight, Babcock was right. Mitch has to play with JT. He has to, because he's a driver of a line and Austin's good enough on his own to drive that line. And he should be making Willie better because Austin's a hell of a hockey player too. They're both superstars. But the goal scorer will always get more credit than the playmaker, right? Like Nicholas Backstrom's had a fantastic career, uh, an amazing career. But you don't hear too much about Nicholas Backstrom. You hear more about Alexander Ovechkin, and rightfully so, because he's the goal scorer. Scoring goals is the sexy thing, right? Just, you know, would, would Ovi have that many goals if he didn't play with uh, future Hall of Famer Nick Backstrom? I don't know, right? He's a hell of a hockey player, but would he have that many goals and be chasing Dan Wayne Gretzky's records? I don't know. Hey, I listen, don't know. Hey, listen, somebody said it, and I don't know who said it, but it's a dirty job, and somebody's got to do it. And, you know, Mitch right now is doing a hell of a job doing that, doing the dirty work, and uh, just uh, he, he's finding ways to uh, get the puck out front there. And, and I mean, give the guy some credit. He, he's had a a couple of really nice goals in the last 10 days. So, uh, and, and, and like, it's not even to diminish it. Like they, they were really, really nice goals. That goal against Vegas. Holy fuck. And, 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 and you know what? I say that they were nice goals, but they were, they were goals. And Danny, you've touched on this in the last two weeks. They were goals in the dirty areas. Yep. Right. Yep. He, and, he was in front of the net. And, and that, and like you, you, you said in the last two weeks, that's exactly how we need guys to play. We need guys to be playing in the dirty areas, whether it's in the in the corner or getting slashed and clipped in front of the net. And they, and they are now. And, and we'll get to that Boston game because that, that to me is the most impressive uh, victory so far this season. But they're, they're starting in the – it's starting in the, uh, the Vegas and Tampa games. That's when they started to pick it up um, physically as well. I felt, I felt like the compete level was raised. And they're dialing it up physically. And you just mentioned it, Brett. They're going to the net more. They're scoring goals around the net. That's the way they need to play in the regular season because that's what will happen in the playoffs. You're not going to score any of these fancy between-the-legs, cross-crease, cross-seam. Those aren't going to come very easily at, or at all, as we saw against a good defensive team in Montreal last year with the best goaltender in the world or second best goaltender in the world <laughs> depending on the time right but um yeah 
they've got to go to the net and they got to continue to play like that uh, because that's how they're going to win in the end. That, to me, this this whole regular season, I look at it from a totally different perspective as a Leaf fan. I want to see improvement on compete because it's all going to be judged in the playoffs. And I just want to see them work their way up to that level and show that they can do it consistently. Right. And play that style consistently and don't get away from it and go back to your rope-a-dope pond hockey. Cause that's never going to win in the end. Hasn't won in five years, never going to win. They need to play with structure they need to go and they, they need to go to the dirty areas and score dirty goals. The other goals are going are op- are to open up because they're so highly talented in the regular season, but they will not be there when the game tightens up. But um, I, I, I love that game. And yeah, great, great effort. The boys are building up something special here. Hopefully we can just keep the run up. Absolutely. And I, I was saying like a few weeks ago, like, like you said to me, Danny, in that conversation, I was sort of being a little blind and saying, but you know, we're leading the league in, in slot shots and possession. And you were like, yeah, that's great. But when one guy's standing in front of the net and the rest of the four of them are on the perimeter, either on the half wall or the sideboards, it just doesn't work. You can stand there all game. If you're not getting more than one guy into the slot, nothing's going to happen. Who's going to pass to them when they're all on the wall? Like it, it just doesn't work. And they've really showed that you know, when you put in the effort to back check and finish your checks, as you've been saying, shit happens. Good stuff happens. It's like Don Cherry says, you have to mix, you have to be tight, but not so tight. You got to be loose in some situations, tight in others. And it's just working right now. And that leads us to Boston, which obviously Lee fans all detest this team. I mean, they've, they've heard us more times than probably anybody else, at least in the last five seasons and last night again full effort finishing checks we had said at the beginning of the game there was three finished checks in the first minute I think it was Marner Bunting and Nylander like Nylander and Marner finishing checks who are these guys like and it was just the whole the team followed suit everybody was working you know a little bit of a PTSD there when we're up 4-1 in the third but they battened down the hatches. Campbell made some big saves again. And 5-2 final, unbelievable. Like, the whole team was just clicking. And, Brett, we'll go to you first. How did you feel about that win last night? Well, i I just like to point out, um, even though that Patrice Bergeron and Marchand are still in, in, uh, in Boston, this is not Zidane's chair's boston bruins anymore you know so i mean am i do i feel like there, there's like a giant gorilla that was lifted off uh leafs nation uh yeah absolutely uh again it's i again I, and i've said it three times four times maybe it's two points did they play great yeah they played great did they beat a an old foe absolutely am i elated yeah of course like Boston Bruins, I remember sitting at home. I don't remember what year it was. They were up 4-1. It doesn't matter because it's happened a few times. They were up 4-1. I said, they're going to win. I turned the TV off, and I woke up the next morning, and they lost. And it was in the playoffs. And to this day, I don't trust the Boston Bruins, but when they play, when they play the Maple Leafs, I felt a lot better last night 
uh, after they won. I really did. And again, um, they're, they're going through, they're going through something, um, whether you can call it rebuilding. I don't know if you can, because they've still got uh, quite a few pieces there that, that, that can compete, but, uh, it, it it was really nice to see them uh, take two points away from from the bees. Absolutely, it was just just a full effort. Again, probably not sixty, but a solid fifty fifty five minutes. Which, man, it was so nice to see. Danny, how did you feel last night? Dude, that that was our that was our best game this season. And I'm not saying that just because we you know we hammered the Blue Bruins five two and you get the two points. I'm saying that because I'm looking at it from a totally different perspective this year. I want to see them play playoff hockey, and I want to see this team commit to playing quality defense, and they have to ramp it up physically. I've been saying that for a while now, right? And last night, that was a playoff-style hockey game. Right from the beginning, you mentioned it. Marner's hitting. Nylander's hitting. Maddie's finishing checks. JT's finishing checks. Boston's trying to intimidate the Leafs physically because that's what teams do. They're so highly talented. Teams try and intimidate the Maple Leafs, and one way to intimidate them is to go out and hit them, run them into the boards, right? Montreal did it in the playoffs, too, and they backed off. The Leafs started to back off because they didn't want to pay the price physically. That's the way to beat the Maple Leafs. There's no secret to it, right, and take away their time and speed in the neutral zone. Those are the two ways to beat the Maple Leafs. Last night, the Maple Leafs said, I don't give a shit. We're playing that style of hockey as well, and they were fantastic. They were flying all over the place. The compete, the hustle, the heavy on the forecheck, guys hitting. Michael Bunting really stood out to me last night. Michael Bunting was an animal last night. I fucking love that guy. Like, I'm, I'm sure all of Leafs Nation just loves Michael Bunting. And shout out to Kyle Dubas. Dubas doesn't get enough credit. Everyone wants to throw shade at Kyle Dubas all the time and point out every little mistake. Let's give him a little bit of props for that Michael Bunting signing. Uh, that's a hell of a good signing. The guy's playing on the top line with Austin Matthews and William Nylander, and he and he fits right in, and he makes nine hundred thousand dollars. That that's a sneaky good signing. And Bunts just strikes me as the type of guy that he's not going to give up that compete. Maybe the puck's not going to go in all the time, or he's not going to get points. But he reminds me of like a Zach Hyman light in in that aspect, where you're going to get the heart, you're going to get the hustle, you're going to get the compete on a nightly basis. And the Maple Leafs lack too many of those guys. They need more of those Michael Bunting type guys that are willing to, to, to put their body on the line and take a hit and, and sacrifice their body to make a play. And I can't say enough about them in the effort of the entire team last night. Attention to detail in the D zone was there. And yeah, they, they did have a little lapse when they went up 4-1. And that's a characteristic of this team that they need to shake. Um, cause that next goal, you know, they're going to be a little bit fragile. Boston scores makes it, uh, four, two there in the third period off that beautiful pastor knock one timer. And you go, okay, I, I had a little gulp, um, hard swallow. Um, all right, boys, let's just kind of calm it down here. And, you know, Boston made a push and that's expected. The t- a team's going to make a push. The Leafs would do the exact same thing if they were, uh, if they were in the opposite position, uh, much like Boston was. And, they weathered the storm. Jack, Jack made some good saves. They, they weren't perfect, but um, they weathered the storm and then they, they fought back and they, they regained it again and they started pushing again. And, you know, you get the empty netter Marner there with the, to cap the four point, four point night, two goals, two assists. It was a hell of a hockey game, a complete team effort. 
And I hope it's something they continue to build off of because that last night is what I expect from this group. That's what it's going to take to win in the end. So the more games they can play like that and that style of hockey, that's really going to, it's going to do wonders for Leafs Nation, I think. That's going to tell people that that's the way this team is going to win. That's the way this team has to win. To me, they look like they're starting to form an identity. That's the way they need to play. That's what Sheldon wants. That's the way Sheldon wants them to play. Um, that was such a great game last night. I, I'm still smiling from that game. It just it makes it even more sweeter that they beat the Boston Bruins. And to cap off the night, you find out that Montreal loses as well. And it just, it's a beautiful night. What a Saturday night. Montreal's now 3-10, and 10 and the Leafs are on a five-game winning streak. It Does it get better, any better than that? It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, and the Leafs are 7-3-1, and one, which is, I mean, seven wins out of 11 games after that start is, that's what the five-game winning streak can do. It, it really turns it around. And I, I just, I can't say enough about Bunting and Muzzin last night. They were both in Marshawn's kitchen all night. You saw the, the little yep. battle between Muzzin and Marshawn, and Marshawn is trying to piss Muzzin off. Muzzin grabs his stick and basically pulls him to the Leafs bench. And Marshawn was not too happy about that, but that's what you got to do. Like you said, you got to intimidate the other team and let's hope it keeps up because I mean, we were saying just a week ago, like it's not going to change. Like they are who they are and they proved us wrong again. So, I mean, hopefully it stays. We've got, we've got some, you know, not easy games. I mean, LA tomorrow night, Monday, the 8th, we have Philly Wednesday, the 10th. And then we've got Calgary Friday the 12th and then Buffalo on Saturday. Philly and Calgary are not going to go down easy. LA, you know, they're aging. They aren't who they used to be. But like we said, they're still an NHL team. Kopitar is having a good year. So we, we got to shut those guys down. But Calgary as well, like they're just, they're always a beast to play. They're always physical. So we'll there see. Are no nights, there are no nights off in the NHL. Every team could beat any team. It, it's such a tough league. Um, you can't take any team lightly. All, all I ask for, all I ask for, regardless of the result, because you're going to lose games too. Just if the effort's there, bring the effort in the compete. If you happen to lose because you lot you weren't the better team on that night, or you hit posts, or you know puck luck, or whatever, that's fine. Like I can live with that. Bring the consistent effort that's required of a championship level team or a team that's aspiring to be a championship team. That's all, that's all I ask for. And that compete, um, it'll be an interesting week. I just hope they don't have any letdowns, but Clay, can I, can we get into a couple players that I, I wanted to throw shout outs to? I'm glad you mentioned Muzzin. I forgot about Jake. I, you're, you're absolutely right. I'm glad you brought up his name. He was fantastic last night. He, he answered every Boston four check. I actually think Boston was getting a little bit frustrated because the Leafs were answering back every, every physical hit that Boston would throw at them. And, and I like how Brett touched on it earlier. Brett mentioned that this is no longer Zdeno Chara's Boston Bruins. And remember, they used to have like Adam McQuaid and they had some real tough guys where they could really intimidate you. Not, not saying they still don't have any like team toughness or anything like that, because they do. But Toronto answered every single physical hit and ev every single push that Boston had. And Boston knew they couldn't get under their skin physically. They had to go out and actually beat them. And when you go toe to toe with them, this Maple Leafs team with that talent and skill, and they bring that level of compete, there is not many teams 
that is going to beat this team when they play like that because they're that damn good. And that, that that's what makes me smile, and that's what makes me super happy as a Leaf fan. Just keep bringing it on a night-to-night basis. Another player I wanted to mention that, you know, I've been I've been wrong on so far. So, like, I, I want to be fair, right? Remember I, I said at the beginning of the year um, when we were talking about the Leafs' decor, and I didn't think that um, Timothy Lilligren was going to be an NHL, or I still don't think he's going to be a top four NHL defenseman. I, I, I still believe that. But, boy, is he a serviceable NHL defenseman. Lilligren's been fantastic. He's not making any mistakes out there on the ice or very little mistakes. Um, I, I, I just thought he's been pretty damn good. I'm not going to say he's fantastic because that would be a lie. And I, I think there's a lot of, you know, Timothy Lilligren like super fans out there that'll jump all over you and try and rip your throat out if you get on Twitter there and, and try and criticize the guy at all. But he's been very good. Like I, I have to say, he's been, he's been good. He's been really steady, not making too many mistakes, and he looks like he belongs. I think he's going to be a serviceable NHL defenseman. I'm still very skeptical that he's going to be a top four NHL defenseman, but, um, you know, it, you take it. A guy like that that can play a, a depth role and move the puck and, and not cost you defensively, I, I, I think it's a great finding. And uh, the rumors out there that the Leafs are looking to move either one of uh, Justin Hall or Travis Dermott. And that's a credit to Timothy Lilligren because they could not move one of those guys if they didn't, if Timothy Lilligren wasn't playing and proving that he could play at this level. So I, I just wanted to, I wanted to throw that out there. I'm, I'm fair when I'm wrong. I will admit that I'm wrong. And when I'm right, I just know I am, but anyway. <laughs> hey, fair enough. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta be fair, like you said, and Sandy yeah. too, that's my shout out is like, he can quarterback a power play. He's shown he can Sandian has been phenomenal. Like Leafs are up to 20% on the power play since they moved him onto the first unit. And I, I think he's really done a great job of it. But he, he hasn't been on the first uh, first unit, Clay. It's, it's Riley that's still on there. Oh, yeah, I, it is still I, Riley. Yeah, yeah. No, but like to your point, because I 100% agree with you. I, I think that Rasmus Sandin should be running and quarterbacking that top power play unit for the simple reason of he actually has a shot and he's not afraid to use it because Mo, like everyone loves Mo, and he's a he's a great player and he's a leader on the team and he's really good five on five. But Mo has really nothing to offer on that power play other than passing the puck. He never shoots the puck. With Sandine, at least you have a shot threat, and he's not afraid to shoot it on net. That's the beauty of that kid. And he can still pass the puck. He's extremely talented. He's a guy that I believe he's going to be a top four defenseman. It's just the the only thing right now, the only reason why he's not playing in the top four, it's an unfortunate, it's an unfortunate set of circumstances because he's a left-handed shot defenseman. Riley's a left-handed shot defenseman. Muzzin's a left-handed shot defenseman. Brody, luckily, again, left-handed shot defenseman, but he at least plays his offside. You can't put Sandine with Riley because they're two lefties. None of them can play their off their offside. And then that's why they've moved now Brody down with Muzz because that's now the team's top shutdown pair now that Hall's off there. So if they trade Hall or Dermott, they have to trade for a right-handed shot defenseman, a defensive defenseman with size preferably, to play with Mo. That's the only reason that Rasmus Sandin isn't in the top four, in my opinion. If Mo was a right-handed shot, more, um, he, he's playing up there. Like tra- Thankfully, Travis Dermott 
is willing to play his offside because he did play his offside a little bit in junior and he, and he has played some at the NHL level and, and credit to him because it's, it's not easy to do. So Dermot's doing an admirable job with it. But if you can get a defensive minded defenseman to pair with Morgan Riley, that is right-handed shot or a left-handed shot defenseman that uh, is used to playing his offside, like TJ Brody, man, oh man, all of a sudden this team becomes pretty damn good on the back end. But uh, I'm curious to see what happens there with the Hall and Dermott situation. Um, Kyle must have his eye on somebody. Is I, I, I think Kyle Dubas has a real eye for talent. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. I think he has a real eye for talent. And everyone likes to harp on all the negatives and, uh, you know, the si- signing of the big contracts and all that. What the hell would you want him to do? Of course you're going to sign these guys, right? It's just unfortunate that the salary cap hasn't gone up due, due to COVID, right? So... It is what it is, but um, yeah, I just wanted to mention a few of those names. I don't know if you guys had any had any other names uh, that you wanted to mention, players that really stood out to you or that you've that have impressed you so far. Honestly, like I think it's just been a good all around effort. The core four are doing what they need to do, and you know, you notice the the depth players making not every night, but it it seems to alternate between Kerfoot, Bunting. Uh, David Kampf, un- unbelievable on the faceoff. I know he's not much of a offensive threat, but it's good to have him on our penalty kill. Give Mitch Marner a little bit of a break. I mean, Mitch Marner, he's a he's not a big guy. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to tire him out too much and gas him out too early in the year. So it's good to see. But no, I think that's about that's about all we have for tonight. I mean, that was Play, it's been a good just run. Be- just before we end it. Can I touch on comp? I just want to touch on comp. So yeah. you brought it, you brought up a good point on, on David comp. He, he's very good at faceoffs. He's good on the penalty kill. I think we can all agree. He's a good defensive forward, but the, I feel, I feel like Andre Kasha and Brett and I were talking a bit about this earlier tonight. Andre Kasha has played very well. I, I, I love his compete. He's got more talent than he's allowed to showcase on the ice. Cause he's not producing offensively but he has way more talent and upside than people may think i this is the part that i struggle with and and maybe it'll be resolved when uh elia mikheyev gets back uh later in december uh when he comes back hopefully he comes back later in december from his injury um because then even though i don't necessarily love kerfoot at center kerfoot has a lot more offensive upside than david comp i believe david comp should be this team's fourth line center and you move Spets to the wing, and you know either Engvall Engvall probably has to has to get out of the lineup, or um, you know so, somebody somebody leaves when Mikheyev gets in, right? It's it's lots of people down, but um, yeah, I I, I want to see uh, I want to see uh, Andre Kasha with a different center, with more of an offensive minded center, uh, because I, I think there's a lot more there, and you need that third line to be productive. That third line has to be productive, um, especially when we get into a playoff series. You can't just rely on your your top guys every single night. When Tampa wins back to back Stanley Cups, yes they yes they have uh, the best goaltender in the world in Andre Vasilevsky. Yes, they have uh, one of the best defensemen in the world in Victor Hedman, and they've got three dynamic forwards in Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, and Nikita Kucherov when he's healthy and in the lineup. Um, but make no mistake about it, they don't win those cups if they don't have that third line of Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, 
and um uh, oh my god who's the third guy in that trio um uh, barkley goudreau they don't win though that third line produced a lot for them and they they scored some timely goals and the big boys score on the power play and that that's what makes tampa so dangerous you need your third line to help you win playoff series and we need some more production from our third line i would just like to see comps uh sent down to the fourth line because he's just a he's a pure defensive forward that guy has really very little offensive upside whatsoever and i feel like he's holding andre kasha back a little bit i to me angville goes out i i actually like richie with simmons i feel you could even put spezza i would almost like to see spezza with uh kerfoot and kasha as a line when mikhaev gets back i think that could be a very productive third line and they can still play defense right and then you have richie comp and uh, simmons because i find uh simmons and richie playing together they've been hitting and that's that's another player i want to call out because i've been super impressed with in the last two games uh, wayne simmons i don't know if you guys will agree i've loved his game the last two games he's been heavy on the forecheck laying the body going to the net driving the net Shout out to Wayne Simmons. I think he's playing great hockey too. I love that energy on that fourth line right now. Yeah, no, it's, I, I agree with all those things. And well, that's why you are GM Houghton, our, uh, our, 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 the GM of our trio, but uh, due to network restraints, we're going to have to cut it off there, but thanks again for watching. We do appreciate it on behalf of GM Houghton and Bretzky. We would really appreciate if you could share this, on whatever socials you use and we will catch you on the next one. Thanks for watching.